Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet, looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons. Weekly free show going out, and I have a special episode because this is one that is normally behind the paywall on an annual basis. I am going to go through a few examples, but if you want the complete story, there is going to be an article or podcast on it here in the month of July. But I wanted to look at the quarterback and wide receiver and a little bit of tight end connection for NFL passing games. This is a critical element. And yes, we accrue value. We go for the the profiles, whether it's rookies or uh, veterans there in the passing game of these these offenses. But in a one-year scenario, we have to analyze situation. Situation will change in the future, but sometimes not as much as we're really baking into some of these players' values. So I wanted to go over some of the nitty-gritty, some of the data behind this. I've been tracking it since 2008, and specifically we're looking at the team performance as the quarterback position, and then how does that impact the wide receiver one, two, three, and tight end, and how is that distributed on these depth charts and, and these passing games? And I've said before, and you'll you hear a lot on these shows of just if a guy is a if a wide receiver is the secondary option a clear secondary option option on their team you need to be skeptical of the upside that a lot of folks are expecting them to turn into an example I, I commonly use and it's going to be a good one historically is the Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle situation from 2022 they had good enough quarterback play and you had an offense that drove straight through two wide receivers their market share was 50 percent or higher combined which is a massive number wide receiver three presence minimal tight end presence minimal it drove through those two wide receivers and i want to go over some of the data some of the why and when you hear me see phrases like if an ancillary wide receiver is not with an elite quarterback you need to be really skeptical about the price you pay aka a george pickens type situation if there's a dominant tight end that counts as part of the equation so you're going to see on uth uh, a lot of the uh, a series of content is going to be passing game assumptions and always what i say is the 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 quarterback is the most known thing it's the most projectable thing season to season the profiles are far more durable i would argue that the elite tight ends staying elite is also one of the more known scenarios that you can paint from year to year wide receiver depending on the profile it may be highly volatile but if it's an elite option hey, you figure they're going to be at least uh, you know, maybe a top 10, top 15 option in a current year with few outliers across uh, a spectrum of years. So looking at those scenarios of the known versus the unknown, here's some of the data behind it. And I put quarterbacks in quadrants, uh, quarterback 1 through 8, 9 through 16, so you're still top half, 17 through 24, and QB 25 through 32. So the, I say tier one, tier two, tier three, and tier four, if you hear that phraseology over the next few minutes, uh, just for simplicity's sake. So tier one quarterbacks are really the crown jewel. These are your Patrick Mahomes is there basically every year. Josh Allen would be a good bet. Joe Burrow's probably a good bet. We've seen uh, guys like Justin Herbert be there consistently. Uh, we saw Geno Smith 
and Seattle be in that zone a year ago. Kirk Cousins has been there commonly. So there's some better bets and some that are maybe a little bit riskier. But if you get that tier one quarterback, that's where, for example, uh, finishing in the top 36, if you're the wide receiver one for that offense, 98% historical bet. So it's basically, you know, death taxes, Mike Evans in the top 24, I kid, but finishing in the top 36 is a near certainty. 63% of them finished in the top 12. So this is why you get the top option for an elite quarterback and you typically get elite results. Now, when you drop to wide receiver two on that depth chart, you still have a decent chance. 38% are top 24 options. 55% are in the top 36. You got a chance, but... Guess what? If you drop the tier two at quarterback, it precipitously declines. You drop that wide receiver two, which I just said is viable if you get an elite quarterback, a tier one quarterback. You drop to even tier two, the odds of getting a top 24 finish, 14%. You drop to tier three, 2%. It's just not going to happen. And that's why I say half the teams in your in the league you shouldn't even be really interested in that secondary wide receiver. So if it's ambiguous, if they're fighting for the wide receiver one role, yeah, you know, depending on the price, you might be interested. But otherwise, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle. It's just not historically going to happen. Now, they may drift into the top 36, barely, you know, top, you know, wide receiver 30, wide receiver 34, kind of finish, but their odds still are 10 to 15%. You get that bottom half quarterback. And yet it's at 55% with a tier one quarterback. So that's why T Higgins, you know, as the clear number two option, I'm looking here. I mean, he's worth more. He has better odds than even a tier three quarterbacks wide receiver one. That's how much the shift is. So if you're sitting there and you're looking and you're like, well, I think, you know, the wide receiver one in Atlanta, like let's say that's a tier three quarterback Desmond Ritter situation, tier three, tier four. That's why Drake London for this year alone, again, not long term yards per route run. He's on a great trajectory uh, year one with that pedigree, with that efficiency. I get all that. But if we're looking at just this year, a redraft type take or just a we're playing the market a little bit. If now is the time to buy Drake London or not, it may not be just because he's wide receiver one. Okay. But I mean, what are his odds of being an elite producer without an elite quarterback or an above average quarterback? It's a tough sell. Quarterback may change by February, you know, by they, they might make a trade for a veteran. They might be up high in the draft to draft an elite quarterback next year. But still, rookies take time. So 2024 still may not be the time. So that's where you have to do some of this analysis on the situation to say, is now the time to buy in? Or should I wait? Should I not buy in in this startup startup setting? Or potentially this trade where I'm giving away a much better situation and my team is contending? So this, these are the relevant points because it falls off quite a bit. And I said the wide receiver one finishing in the top 12 up high with the tier one quarterbacks, 63%. You go to the bottom tier, you go to situations like Tennessee last year, Carolina last year, Indianapolis last year. Are they getting better? We'll see. But if they're tier four again, 9% historically. So out of those eight, uh, eight teams, you're basically going to get one or fewer of those eight are going to produce a top 12 quarter, uh, wide receiver on an annual basis. One. One out of the eight. Whereas if you're up high... It's about half of the top 12 is going to have an elite quarterback. Half. So, uh, and again, wide receiver three, it's even more slanted. 
like good luck finishing in the top 36 at all if you are not a a, a tier one quarterback. It's 11% for the top 36 with that third tertiary option, but you fall down quickly to 4%, 2%, and then 1% for the other tiers respectively. I know it's a lot of numbers. It's a lot of data. It's better in written form than it is on podcast form, but I want to share some of this information on the podcast just because when you start thinking about situations, start with the quarterback. Start with the thing we most know. How good is the quarterback? Yeah, there's going to be a breakout or two. Yeah, there's going to be a decliner or a surprise. You know, Last year, we didn't expect probably the Colts situation to be as bad as it was passing-wise with Matt Ryan, and then he, he, he ended up getting benched. Uh, you know, Matthew Stafford missed time. Also, the Rams weren't very good. Uh, you know, you get those variables. Uh, you know, you get Houston wasn't very good. New England wasn't very good. Pittsburgh, you know, they were a little better at the end of the year, but still overall not very good. So you put all these things together, and that's why I say with some of those situations, you want the wide receiver one, and you don't want anyone else. And that's one of my arguments against George Pickens. You got Deontay Johnson. So unless George Pickens, you think he's going to surpass Deontay Johnson, then there's not really a reason to like him at his price point. Or like him close to his price point because the wide receiver two, just to say, if they don't take a step forward, and that's a tier four quarterback situation, a tier four offense with the quarterback, then the number two wide receiver, you just go to this chart, 10% shot to be in the top 36, 3% shot to be in the top 24. I think every single person that has drafted or traded for George Pickens this offseason has those numbers double or triple the odds. They probably think it's a 50% chance he's in the top 36 this year. Oh, he just needs to take a little bit of a step forward from where he was a year ago in adjusted points per game. But this is a cap situation unless he surpasses and becomes the wide receiver one. You have to be very, very careful about putting that into your probabilities. And again, if you're buying on a multi-year plane and you say, well, situation's going to change. Kenny Pickett's going to take a massive step forward or they're going to ma- they're going to replace Kenny Pickett in 2024. Or this is going to be one of those offense that funnels graphically through two guys. Uh, I'm really just down on Pat Fryermuth. Okay. Again, you need to have a take like that, a direction uh, that puts you towards someone like George Pickens so that you can have that take. For example, you know, liking uh, Quentin Johnston right now, just to unpack Quentin Johnston for one second, that right now you can say he's the wide receiver three. But there's a pretty easy pathway to say that uh, Keenan Allen and or Mike Williams are not on that team in 2024, and he could be the wide receiver one for Justin Herbert, who is generally a tier one guy. They were quarterback eight uh, in that aggregate uh, aggregate ranking that I use from 2022, and they were quarterback three in 2021. So to say that he's tier one is a, a multiple year um, equation and estimation and projection for uh, Justin Herbert. And again, if you can project that, then that's, that's a completely different thing. So Quinn Johnston could also be an injury away. Mike Williams has not been the epitome of health. Neither has Keenan Allen. So he could be a wide receiver two for this year within that offense, which gives you a 55% chance historically to finish in the top 36. But even if he's a wide receiver three, he's an injury away guy. See Josh Palmer from a year ago. But the 2024 upside and outlook is elite because he can be in that subset where I mentioned 63% chance if he's the wide receiver one of finishing in the top 12. So that's one example. Another example that it's kind of perplexing that I covered in a premium show, you can find that on UTHDynasty.com, 
and, and through the premium podcast app is looking at the Viking situation because Kirk Cousins might be gone after the year. That's going to be a net downgrade. Good luck getting someone, whether it's via trade or via the uh, NFL draft, that quickly becomes as good as Kirk Cousins. And then you also have Justin Jefferson there. He is a locked-in absolute stud. And Jordan Addison, his price point is basically an assumptive, like he needs to be, he's actually way above this, but he needs to be one of those Jalen Waddell slash Tyreek Hill situations where the ball funnels through two guys. Now, TJ Hawkinson is there, so good luck. And after this year, quarterback could actually decline and that's going to hurt him. So I go over all these scenarios, the historical probabilities, and what I love to do is look at similar and comp offenses. So when I make assumptions, you might say, uh, like I, offhand, I remember that for the Vikings, I said QB 5 to 15, which is a reasonable range for Kirk Cousins to finish this year. And then looking at a top 12 wide receiver one, looking at a top eight tight end in the offense. Now, how do we feel about wide receiver two? What does that look like in the, I think it was a couple of dozens of historical situations. And there we go. Now we're actually talking about realistic outcomes for uh, Jordan Addison. So that's the kind of thing that we go into this time of year. Some of the most interesting situations, I go over T Higgins because it's an elite offense, get an elite wide receiver one. You also got T Higgins there. How does he look? So I go over that wide receiver two scenario in a premium show as well. But again, these scenarios, I also wanted to go over, again, want to talk about a lead upside. How about top six? So you want to talk about slanted upside. So a top six fantasy wide receiver. Well, if you have a tier one quarterback, you have a 40% chance as that top wide receiver on the team, 40%. Tier two drops to 20% chance. Tier three, 7%. Tier four, 4%. So if you're looking at an elite, elite offense, elite quarterback versus one of the bottom eight, the odds are 40% versus 4% to find a top six finish. Good luck. Good luck beating those odds. Quarterback and situation, that level of play is the most predictable thing we have. Wide receiver, again, volume, you know, profiles, we can go through all that. So that plays a role. But if you're sweeping some of that away at wide receiver and you're looking just at where are you on the depth chart, you need to go towards quarterback play. Yes, there's nuance. Yes, you can predict your own breakouts. You can say that a guy was tier three this past year, but he's going to be tier one this year. Okay. You can say a guy's going to drop off and it's going to be, it was tier two, but it's going to be tier four. But you need to make those mental calculations and stack up your board because when you start searching for upside, when you start looking for how do I win the wide receiver position, and it's beyond the you know, Justin Jefferson is an easy button. Uh, Jamar Chase is an easy button. Uh, you can say, uh, let's see who else, A.J. Brown, easy button. Stephon Diggs, an easy button. When you start looking at the profiles they have built plus the quarterbacks that they are paired with. But there's a lot more granular information beyond those names. That's a very finite number of, eh, I don't really have to think about the situation a whole lot. I know what I have here. You start going and diving into the Giants. You start going into the, the Bears uh, or uh, the Raiders. You know, and, and you start looking especially at ancillary wide receivers and or non-elite tight ends with the profiles they've built. That's where you need to use this information more and more because we're not talking about elite year-over-year dominant producers and we're not talking about easy button wide receiver one attachment to a dominant quarterback. And that's where... 
these charts. That's where these probabilities and that's where looking at it on a year by year situational basis can help you time the market so that you're not buying into a rough situation, essentially an injury away. You know, you don't want to buy into an injury away situation where you need a wide receiver on the depth chart to get hurt. You need a tight end to go down. So you actually feel good about this ancillary wide receiver, which frankly, the final point here is you don't want to have ancillary wide receivers on UTH built rosters because they're generally waste, waste of space. Uh, they don't provide as much impact as you think over just getting one guy off the waiver wire for one week or a two week patch job, or you go out there and you make a trade for a productive profile for a team that has fallen out of the race or thinks they have fallen out of the race by that bid season point. In lieu of advertising directly here on the show, we'll always like to point you in terms of more premium UTH content. And that's at patreon.com slash UTH. You get Tim Torch there. Uh, you get a few other UTH subscribers and super fans that contribute on some of these exclusive shows as well. But most of the shows are solo editions like this one this week uh, with myself. And some of the, the recent episodes that you can enjoy, I'm going over micro comps, and that goes over the granular profiles of wide receivers. I also look at uh, UTH players that are buys or sells versus the market so over on the patreon side you're going to get players like george pickens we go over his profile in depth garrett wilson uh, available wide receiver one roles and this actually cascades i covered that on june 20th uh, so that is right in the recent pool of shows and i go over wide receiver one roles on these nfl depth charts and that cascades perfectly into the topic that was this week on the free show which is if you can, you want to get wide receiver one roles, where are they available? What's the quarterback like? How do we feel about assessing who is going to be the wide receiver one? What's the battle? And who who is UTH backing at the price point to win? Also, have overtime shows. A lot of times with Tim Torch. Uh, had one featured recently, though, with UTH subscriber Ryan He's a fast food expert, a savant, one that he, he gave some huge knowledge bomb drops on how to optimize uh, your dollar at fast foods to use apps. Uh, there's actually uh, ways to arbitrage a menu to basically get a more premium sandwich or burger for a fraction of the price. Uh, you know, there's, it, he was blowing my mind as someone that I don't go to fast food all that often, uh, but, but he does. And he uh, talks about ways to stretch your dollar at uh, at fantasy uh, at fast food establishments. So that was a huge knowledge drop. Um, also, in recent days or the last week or two, I look at. Uh, VIP strategy sessions are ones that are only for VIPs. So if you join the VIP chat room, uh, that's a 24-7 uh, chat room with myself, dozens of the best dynasty owners on the planet. I put out st special strategy shows just for them. They request topics. I put them out uh, soon after that. I talk about should there be dynasty trade deadlines or not. I also put out uh, some notes about how to travel, uh, you know, economically, how to travel and some best tips to do that uh, as I navigate the, uh, the the country. And then also uh, looking at, again, the VIP chat room. If you have a dynasty trade going on, if you have a dynasty draft going on, uh, putting it in there, you can post polls. You can also 
uh, just put in questions. I'm in there multiple times every single day directly answering questions. The dialogue is fantastic. Can't wait for in-season where we discuss in depth about waiver strategy on a weekly basis, who to drop, who to target, sell points for our flip players, all of that. You're not going to want to miss a moment. And guess what? It's still July. If you haven't had one, at least one of your rookie drafts yet, you still get a free copy signing up as a VIP, as an all-pro tier at Patreon. You get a copy of the 2023 UTH NFL Draft Guide with your sign-up. So that's going to do it this week. Thank you so much for listening. Whether you're just here on the free show, I would encourage you, try it out. There's a money-back guarantee. Try it out, UTHDynasty.com. Try it out, Patreon, for just one month. Um, all this is a way to stick your foot with little commitment into the pool of UTH premium audio content as well as the trade calculator um, as well as written content you're going to get things like the injury away matrices at quarterback at running back uh, dynasty rankings a lot of intuitive looks at player value Uh, you're going to get easy buy sell recommendations for players you're going to get a look at their expected top 12 top 24 seasons remaining things like that that you just don't find anywhere else on your run of the mill here's my list of one through 50 dynasty running backs well here at UTH, they are tiered, and you have a bunch of additional information that is going to make it so easy for you to follow along, get a lot more of the why for player value. And just to make sure I didn't miss anything uh, here, for example, at wide receiver, you're going to be looking at, again, expected top 12 seasons remaining, top 24 seasons remaining. Uh, are they a buy or sell versus ADP? Their change from the previous week, also uh, from the previous update. Also, what their dynasty role is. Are they a core asset? Are they a risky asset? Uh, are they a deeper stash, a shallower stash, churn and burn? It can really help clarify what their function and role is for your dynasty team. You get the age. You get the level of quarterback play attached. You also get the years of their contract insulation. Uh, to see if they're coming up. And that's not necessarily years remaining. It's also based on if they're cuttable, what their dead cap situation is, as well as other factors going into it. And at wide receiver, you also get their best uh, seasonal adjusted points per game finish in their career, as well as what they were last season. So a lot of information there just by scanning. And instead of saying he's wide receiver 13, well, he's in tier four. Here's his quarterback situation. Here's his contract situation, as well as his best fantasy football finish to date. I'm Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties. 